must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And welcome to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about, you guessed it, great men. Specifically, great men from American history. I am your host, Lauren Scott. Now, I know what you may be thinking right now. How can it be possible that a college student can possibly judge the character of some of the men in our history and call them great? especially when many of them had tremendous faults and made loads of mistakes. I mean, for crying out loud, more than half of the founding fathers owned slaves. My response to that would be this. Yes, many of the men in our history were flawed and made choices that were most definitely not commendable. But I am here to give you the facts. If we take a closer look into the lives of these men, we can better understand just where they're coming from. A lot of people will focus on have lived through more tragedy and more grief than most people in the 21st century will ever know or understand. Wars, adultery, child loss, and illness all play into the effect of how a person lives their life and makes decisions. For greatness is not about the number of mistakes one makes, but the number of times one overcomes those mistakes and perseveres through hardships. The holiday season is upon us, which means many things. Christmas music is playing in every store, Santa Claus decorations, and a warm feeling of holiday cheer in the air. Although all of these things make this time of the year wonderful and exciting, Perhaps the most special thing that happens around this time is the reunion of families. Now, I know that I cannot wait to travel home to my family and celebrate for this Christmas season. And even though I am in Michigan and my family is far away in Texas right now, I will be able to travel for just a few hours and be reunited with them. I'm sure my dad is thankful that I do not have to drive a whole 16 hours in order to come home for Christmas. He doesn't have very much faith in me behind the wheel. Now, to be fair, I did drive on the sidewalk when I was first learning how to drive. Alright, I'll stop talking about my bad driving because we're getting off track. No pun intended. The point I'm trying to make is that traveling is an essential part of our lives especially around the holiday season, and if our only method of traveling was by car, less families would be reunited for Christmas due to the far distance. The invention of the airplane has affected us in many ways that we should especially be grateful for when we're traveling to see the ones we love. But who invented the airplane and what was the process like? I am here to answer these questions for you and to provide a little bit of history behind the men who invented this means of transportation that has changed everything about the world we know. I am here with Nate Privet, a freshman studying classics. Nate, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Surviving Hell Week, a lot of studying, but yeah, I'm, you know, managing. 
It is a very stressful week. For those of you who don't know, it is finals week here at Hillsdale College. All right, Nate, do you feel brushed up on all your facts about the Wright brothers? Uh, no. <laughs> I had a very quick, uh, I guess, time to study up, browse the Wikipedia, so I know just the basic facts. Regardless of what you've studied or not, I am still looking forward to this session with you. All right, my first question for you, Nate. What year did the Wright brothers fly their first successful plane? Early 1900s? So I'm going to say 1904. You're so close. Oh. 1903. No. That was such a good guess, though. That was such a good guess. All right. True or false? Neither brother went to college. Uh, this one is true, right? Because um, one of them had to drop out to run a printing press and the other one cared for their mother. That is correct, both of those reasons. Wow, that was spot on, good job. True or false, they had very supportive parents growing up. I'm, I think that's false. All right, so this is a tricky one because their father was pretty stern on them which caused a little bit of strife, but at the end of the day, he still always supported their dreams. And you're right that they did move a lot because their father was a minister, which caused a little bit of tension in their childhood. But overall, their parents were a really good mixture of law and grace, and ultimately, they always supported their dreams of curiosity. True or false? The first plane that they flew cost $2,000 to make. Oh, oh goodness, because that's... $2,000 in not our our money, but their money, which is far more expensive. I'm going to say, I don't know if they could af afford that. I'm going to say false. That is correct. The first plane actually cost $1,000 to make and not $2,000. True or false, neither of the brothers ever married. Oh, I didn't get this far. I'm going to say one of them had to have married, right? That's false, right? <laughs> They actually were both extremely busy with their work. I mean, they were the first to ever invent a flying airplane. And one of the brothers, Wilbur, actually told reporters, I don't have time for an airplane and a wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, true or false? A piece of their first flying plane was taken to the moon. That definitely seems like something sentimental enough to where they would, I think that's true. I definitely could see people making that happen. That is correct. Believe it or not, a piece of the first flying plane was taken to the moon. True or false? This is my last one for you, Nate. The Wright brothers flew many times together. In a, in a perfect world, I would want to say true that, you know, they engaged in this thing that they did together. I don't, that doesn't sound real to me. I'm going to say false. That is correct. They actually only flew together once because of a promise that they made to their dad that they would never fly together because he had a fear of losing both of his sons in a plane accident. So they only flew together once and it was an exception that their father had made. I can appreciate that reason. That's a that's a caring father, maybe a little bit of a nervous father, but that's a good reason to, to do so. I agree. Well, thank you for joining us today, Nate. I hope you've had a good time and learned a little bit more about the Wright brothers. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. This has been fun. Without further ado, let's jump into the life of the Wright brothers. Orville and Wilbur Wright invented the first flying airplane and launched it on December 17, 1903. The brothers always had an interest in flying since they were young boys 
but little did they know that their invention would become revolutionary worldwide. The Wright brothers persevered through hardships even in the face of adversity, which is why I am featuring them on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Now, I know we all want to cut to the chase and hear about this special day in December of 1903, but let's not jump the gun. I'm sure that Orville and Wilbur would appreciate it if we spent a little bit of time getting to know them and their history before we put all of the focus on their invention. Wilbur was born on April 16, 1867, and Orville was born on August 19, 1871. Wilbur was the third child, and Orville was the fourth child out of the seven children that their parents had. Their parents were most definitely an interesting match. Their father was an ordained minister of the Church of the United Brethren in Christ, which made him a little harsh and strict at times. However, he and his wife were a good mixture of law and grace, which led to a great family dynamic. Their mother was the daughter of a skilled wagon maker. She learned a lot of skills through watching her father. Her family remembered her as being great with mechanics and very handy. She also made a lot of house appliances and toys for her children. Despite the differences between their parents, both boys were highly influenced by them. From their father, they gained a very deep sense of concentration and dedication. The boys were very serious in their work, just as their father was. They were very deep thinkers who had confidence in their talents and were willing to overcome obstacles whenever they would arise. All of these attributes were things they learned from watching their father. From their mother, they gained great curiosity, especially when it came to inventions. She was always a great encouragement to them, no matter what they were dealing with in school, inventions, or life in general. All of the Wright children were raised in public schools, and Wilbur and Orville were especially studious in their work. In their household, there was a great emphasis on performing well, especially when it came to schoolwork. Orville said, quote, There was always much encouragement to children to pursue intellectual interests, to investigate whatever aroused curiosity. End quote. Orville strongly believed that it is through the guidance of their parents that he and his brother were able to achieve greatness. Since their curiosity was through the roof at times, Orville believed that if they had not had such a strong good influence like their parents, their curiosity could have led to much destruction rather than construction. Now, one cannot help but ask this question, why the airplane? Out of all the things the Wright brothers could have focused on, why did they choose such a big invention opposed to a smaller one that could have given them much more time to live a life outside of the world of inventions? Well, I'll tell you why. It all started with a 50-cent purchase. When Wilbur was 11 years old and Orville was 7, their father gifted them with a little helicopter toy to share. This toy was powered by a rubber band motor, and it could actually fly in the air. Little did their father know that this one small purchase would spark his boy's obsession with the idea of flying. Although they had several occupations and hobbies in their early days, they always knew that their dream was to be able to create something that would fly. Alright, 
Now I'm going to give you a little background of the education of the Wright brothers. I mean, they invented an airplane that could literally fly in the sky, so they must have had degrees from some pretty prestigious colleges, right? Well, that's what one would think. But the truth is, the only education the brothers ever received was their high school education. Orville made good grades when he was younger, but his curiosity got the best of him, which caused him to have little interest in academics once he got to high school. He really only cared about his inventions. On the other hand, Wilbur was an exceptionally bright young man who performed very well during high school. He made big plans to attend college at Yale, but in 1885, he suffered a pretty bad injury in hockey. Now, although most of his injuries healed, this incident caused him to fall into a deep depression, and he canceled all of his school plans and decided to move back home. This decision changed the course of his life in many ways. For the next few years, he spent his days in his family's library reading any book he could get his hands on. When he wasn't reading, you could be sure to find him taking care of his sick mother. The same year Wilbur suffered his injury in hockey, his mother became very sick with tuberculosis. She ended up passing away in 1889. In the same year of 1889, the brothers started their own newspaper called the West Side News. Wilbur took care of all the editing and Orville took care of publishing the paper. Now, despite the fact that they were very gifted in different ways, they were both determined workers who always were thinking about their next project. During the time that they were publishing their newspapers, they had opened their own print shop as well. This was the beginning of the brothers' reputation for quality work and skilled trade. After running their newspaper business for a few years, they decided to move on to bikes. They both had a passion for riding bikes, and it was becoming normal for everybody to own a bike back then. They opened up a bike shop where they would fix bikes, and they even ended up selling a few designs of their own. This was another business that helped them build a solid reputation, especially in the mechanical world. Although the brothers loved that their job incorporated their passion of inventing and designing, their thirst for flight had not yet been quenched. The brothers finally decided it was time to try and make their dream become a reality. The brothers realized that a successful airplane would require wings to generate lift, a propulsion system to make it through the air, and a system to control the craft in flight. Upon closely observing the structure of a bird, they noticed how birds would angle their wings in a certain way in order to maintain their balance. They incorporated this technique in their wings for the plane and developed a concept called wing warping. The brothers left Dayton and traveled to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina to perform their experiment. They did this because there were better winds in Kitty Hawk and places for smoother landings due to the soft sand. Although the brothers were very close to success, there was much trial and error before they had their first successful flight. Tested in October of 1900, the first Wright glider was a biplane featuring 165 square feet of wing area and a forward elevator for pitch control. 
The glider developed much less lift than they were expecting, so they decided to fly the glider as a kite, gathering information of the performance of the machine that would be critically important in the design of their future aircraft. The Wright brothers persevered through hardships even in the face of adversity, which is why I am featuring them on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. They then decided to increase the wind area of their next machine to 290 square feet. And although this experiment went better than the first one, it still did not perform as well as their calculations predicted. This experiment was the 1901 Wright aircraft, and it showed that the brothers still did not completely know how to control the airplane. After many more experience and data collecting, the Wright brothers began working on their third full-scale glider. They tested the machine at the Kill Devil Hills camp in September and October of 1902. After much hard work and dedication, it was encouraging for them to see that it performed exactly how their calculations predicted. The final cherry on top that solved many of their problems was the adding of a removable rudder linked to the wing warping system. Finally, on December 17, 1903, Orville made the first successful flight, covering 120 feet in 12 seconds. There were a total of four flights on this day, but the longest flight was their last one, which covered 852 feet in 59 seconds. The four flights were witnessed by five local citizens. For the first time in history, a heavier-than-air machine had demonstrated power and sustained flight under the complete control of the pilot. Since the Wright brothers were born in Ohio, but they flew their first plane in North Carolina, there is an everlasting debate on which state is the real birthplace of, a of aviation. I personally would say Ohio deserves credit since the brothers did all of their research in this state and only traveled to North Carolina to have access to better winds and softer landings. But this is just my opinion. After their success, the brothers only wanted to improve. Over the next few years, they created two more aircrafts in which they were both able to fly for up to 39 minutes. Although they loved flying, in 1905, they decided to stay on the ground until they had all of their patents. They were afraid of someone copying their techniques and word spreading around about the specifics of their invention, and they wanted the credit for it. In February 1907, the Wrights signed a contract for the sale of an airplane to the U.S. Army. They would receive $25,000 for delivering a machine capable of flying for at least one hour with a pilot and passenger at an average speed of 40 miles per hour. The following month, they signed a second agreement with a group of French investors interested in building and selling Wright machines under license. Although their father was very supportive of their work, he made his boys promise that they would never fly a plane together. He was afraid of an accident occurring, and if an accident were to happen, he did not want to lose both of his boys. Because of this promise made to their dad, the brothers flew together only once on a seven-minute flight, and their father made an exception for this time. Another fun fact about the Wright brothers is that neither of them ever ended up marrying. 
They were said to have been married to their work, and Wilbur told reporters, I do not have time for an airplane and a wife. It is crazy to think that this revolutionary invention all started with a child's curiosity. Sometimes I like to think about all the little details that led to the Wright brothers and their success. First, if their father had not gifted them with a teeny 50 cent helicopter, maybe their interest in flight never would have sparked. Second, their parents always encouraged them to use their curiosity for good. With the influence of their mother being very skilled with their hands, her boys learned a lot about mechanics and the very basics of how things work. With their father's influence of his critical thinking and problem solving, the brothers developed many traits that guided them along the way when they were experimenting with their gliders. Another instance that occurred that could have changed everything is the decision that Wilbur made not to attend college at Yale. If he had attended Yale, he most likely would not have started his print shop with his brother, and then there would be no telling if they would have ended up working together or not. All these little details about their life, the good, the bad, the suffering, and the disappointments, led to their greatest creation. Perhaps this can be a great reminder to us that even if life does not work out in the way that we planned it to, there is a beautiful outcome in every disappointment. Wilbur died of typhoid fever in 1912, which he contracted from eating bad oysters at a hotel. He was only 45 years old at the time. Orville spent the rest of his life spending time with his family and protecting the Wright brothers' legacy until he died in 1948. By the time Orville died, he saw their invention transform the world in nearly every aspect. Because Wilbur and Orville were diligent in their work and invented the airplane that has literally changed our world, I argue that they were great men. I couldn't agree more with the words of Fred Howard when he said, quote, One man with this dual gift is exceptional. Two such men whose lives and fortunes are closely linked can raise the combination of qualities to a point where their combined talents are akin to genius, end quote. Thank you for listening to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about great men who shaped our nation into what it is today. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode about the Wright brothers and even learned something new. Come back next week as we will talk about another great man on Great Men Back Then with your host, Lauren Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.